welcome to That Time When, the comedy history podcast where we tell you all about strange things that have happened in history. I'm Amelia Edwards and with me as ever is my co-host Barnaby King. Well, hello there. How are you? Tired? <laughs> no, I'm pretty good. Oh, good, yeah. good. <laughs> well, today I'm going to tell you a variety of stories, mini Ooh, stories today. Excellent. Cool. And I'm going to start with a story that I've taken from one of the Facebook sites that or the Facebook groups that I'm a part of. Okay. Um, so I just want to give a shout out to Hayden Brown of Norfolk Tales, Myths and More! Exclamation mark. Oh, okay. I was wondering if it was something like Fraser ship posting or <laughs> um, Black Books calm posting. I mean, I'm not going to say that I've never got a historical <laughs> lead from something like Fraser ship posting. I'm certain I would. Yeah. But no, in this case... This gentleman has done a lot of research on all kinds of Norfolk history. Oh, okay. And and frankly, it's brilliant. So I've stolen a little bit of what he's done and I just wanted to acknowledge that. That's fair enough, yeah. So this story comes from Thetford in Norfolk and it happened on the 17th of September, 1839. Okay. And this was reported in a broadsheet newspaper. Ooh. A man about 40 years of age in a shabby genteel dress leading a smart-looking woman with a handkerchief around her neck and shouting with a loud voice, Who by a wife? (laughs) (laughs) Who will buy this wonderful wife? (laughs) (laughs) What? Uh, he he was shouting, who'll buy a wife? He wanted to sell off his wife. Sell off his wife? His wife, yes. So not just, this is not just like one of those male order brides. No, no, no. Services. It's not a misc wife. This is his wife his and wife. he wants to sell it. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a feminist you are. I know. Shocking. Okay. <laughs> Literal objectification. <laughs> Um, so he arrived at the centre of the market Mounted a chair and offered her for sale right. A young man Of plausible appearance I, know <laughs> I, I don't know what that means He could be real He might be a ghost I, I think that might mean like may, Maybe he's sort of genteel as well Right, Perhaps. Yeah. That, I, I, in a weird way I get what they mean Yeah Like even though I can't really explain it and it doesn't make any sense, I get what they mean. Yeah, but I love plausible appearance. Plausible appearance. <laughs> Offered 10 shillings for her. Oh, cheap. But he was immediately opposed by an old gentleman bidding five shillings more. Right. Still cheap. Still cheap. <laughs> Afterwards, the young man became the purchaser for five pounds. Well, yeah, okay. Yep, getting better. The money was paid down, yeah. and the husband, on handing over the handkerchief to the purchaser, right. so that he's now got this lady, yeah. um, began to dance and sing, declaring he had got rid of a troublesome, noisy wife, which caused much merriment in the crowd. The young woman turns sharply round and says, You know, you old rascal, you are jealous. You are no man and have no need of a young wife, and that is the reason you sold me, you useless old dog. What is going on? This is bizarre. Right? Weird. Where do I begin with this? <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Okay, firstly, that's not how marriage works. No. <laughs> you can't just... You can't just sell people. I mean, so, for clarity, we are getting married. We are getting married soon. Gosh. Yes, soon. And, like, there are hoops you have to jump through... Yes. ...in order to get married. Yeah. Including, you know... 
going and basically notifying the council. Yes. <laughs> but you didn't have to do this back in 1839. But that, sh- surely there must have been something, right? No. Nothing at all? No. I think actually it's sort of the mid-1700s that right. things change. So by this point, yes, you did have to put down that you had got married. Right. But for a long time in England, there was no legal reference to having got married okay but i mean at this point he would have had to have put something in writing yes so yeah so that's not how marriage works at this point it doesn't matter they've decided that they don't want to be married anymore clearly (laughs) or at least he doesn't want to marry be married to her anymore i'm just imagining it's a bit like when you do like a change of address or something and you need to send off your v5c (laughs) for your car to have the address changed on it. Yeah, there's there's no legal record of this transfer of wow. ownership of this woman. Amazing. Now, she said this, you know, that he's useless. Yeah. And I think she's questioned his masculinity here as well. Yeah, I get that. Um, and the women began to clap their hands to him. <laughs> right. Which okay. I think was like shaming. Right. Okay. He then said that she was a gormandizing woman. As in a woman who ate too much. Right. And would eat any man's substance up and declared that if he had kept her another year, she would have eaten him out of the house and harbour. Okay. Right. Yeah. So what we've really got here is a domestic dispute played very theatrically. Yes. And this is all on purpose. Like this is a, um, this was a regular occurrence, but a rare one. What? Between about the late 1600s and the mid-1800s in England. Oh, not just Thetford. No, in England. (laughs) Right. It wasn't just this one place where it's like, men keep selling their wives and having arguments in the marketplace. (laughs) No, we've got accounts of it happening all over the place. In Sussex, including in Brighton. We've got it happening in Shropshire. It's referenced in a Thomas Hardy novel. Oh my God. It it happened a lot. Like, um, I think by the 1830s, there were about five of these a year, which is like, obviously, it's not a super uh, common thing, but it's not rare either. I mean, the fact that it's happened once is (laughs) interesting enough to me. Five times a year, bloody hell, okay. And this is kind of like an ideal uh, like version of this this is how you're supposed to do it <laughs> there are rules there are, there. there's a ritual to <laughs> oh my it God. okay so what this is it's officially called wife selling and it only seems to have happened in england right and it largely seems to have happened because it was actually impossible for anyone except the richest in society to get a divorce oh okay so in 1857, there was the Matrimonial Causes Act, right? Which said that, like, which laid down the rules for divorce and made it something that you could get without having to go through the church. Yeah. And until then, it was only possible to get a divorce either by a private act of parliament. Whoa! Right, and that would be real expensive, real time consuming, and they're not going to do it for some random person. No, you're going to have to bribe a bunch of MPs. Yeah. Or you could do it by suing the ecclesiastical courts for separation from bed and board. What? But that had to be on the grounds of adultery or life-threatening cruelty, and it did not allow a remarriage. Wow. Wow, okay. I mean, sort your shit out, England. Well, yeah. Like, (laughs) this is obviously no good for anybody because... 
especially yeah. we know that a lot of women relied on being married in order to survive properly yeah and um, like you could because survive the, but not thrive if you were an unmarried woman really because of their dainty feminine disposition because of not being paid very much and it's difficult to get a job oh no it's it's just that the world is too much for their, <laughs> them they're just happy thinking about fluffy kittens absolutely i'm sure <laughs> um so for most people it made more sense just to kind of unofficially separate right, and yeah. go and have relationships with other people. <laughs> but for some people, that wasn't enough. They yeah. wanted a transaction. Yes. <laughs> so this was completely made up by regular people. Yeah. But it was kind of legally binding. Like, they thought it was legally binding, so it worked. Right. Like, that's just... <laughs> no, that, that does make sense. Right? It's yeah. one of those weird things. Yeah, you do it enough and it becomes kind of custom and practice. Yeah. And, yeah. And, it, and we can see all of the aspects of what you want to do if you're going to sell your wife here. Oh, amazing. So the ritual has to go like this. The husband would lead the wife either to the marketplace or outside of a pub, basically somewhere <laughs> really public. Yeah. A lot of the time, part of the sale would include alcohol. Yeah. Um, and he had to have a halter of some kind, either around her neck or her arm. Right. So like we saw there, the halter was a handkerchief. Yeah. But it could be a ribbon or it could be a rope, like with an ox. Yeah, makes sense. Which, creepy, weird, don't like it. Yeah. Then he would call for men to bid on her. And I've said, there was a, there was the aspect of street theatre about this. Mm. The wife would be expected to banter as well. Oh, right. Like, okay. like we saw in this yeah. example. Um, and this, I think, was partly so that a lot of the crowd would see it and recognise it. So then they know afterwards that these two aren't married anymore. Right. I see. And they know that the wife is now married to the new husband. Wow. Right? That's... Kind of cool, actually. It's kind of cool. And then also, the thing is that a lot of the time, the purchaser purchaser would have been decided in advance. Right. And sometimes the purchaser would be the wife's affair partner. This is mad. Right? I mean, okay, so you started off, started off explaining this, and in my head it was just kind of like, Okay, so this is just horribly Deeply misogynistic. misogynistic. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it is. It like, is, yeah. I mean, it's still, you know, treating a woman as an object that can be Literally treating like, her like cattle. Yeah. But this weird theatrical element to it, and where yeah. it's like, it's an actual way to kind of resolve a marriage that has broken down. Yeah. Like, this is so weird. Yeah, and I mean, this is the thing. Like, sometimes it's definitely exactly as we imagine it. Yeah. Like, it's like it is in The Mayor of Casterbridge, which is Thomas Hardy's book, which features it kind of as a main plot point. I haven't read that one. No, 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 that's okay. But basically, this man sells his wife and then later, like, rises up through society and it, right. like, really clings to him that he sold his wife and child. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's every now and then he's just like probably shouldn't have done that <laughs> no the the child turns up again <laughs> oh awkward yeah <laughs> oh that moment when <laughs> yeah and it's about like trying to resolve that relationship when you sold your child when she was like a baby and now she's an 18 year old woman who wants to get married and have her own life like how do you live like that <laughs> oh my god amazing um right. So, yeah, sometimes it's definitely abuse of the wife. Yeah. And sometimes as well, it seems to have been kind of a drunken whim. Like, there was one occasion where a man sold his wife for half a... I think it was half a pint of gin, right? Right. And then after drinking half the pint of gin, he bought her back again. Oh, my God. 
So he basically just paid for some gin. Yeah, like I, I think he drank the gin, was like, oh, but, you know, who am I going to cuddle tonight? <laughs> and then went back to it. Who am I going to cuddle tonight now that the cow has kicked me out of the shed? Mm. So, like... I realised that... <laughs> I meant a literal cow. Oh. <laughs> so, like, this is the really weird thing about wife selling, because, like... If, this is the really weird thing about wife selling, okay. And like, is that a fair amount of the time, wives seem to have been fairly happy about this situation. Yeah. So an example of this is in July 1815, a wife was bought to Smithfield Market by coach, right. by coach, and sold for 50 guineas and a horse. Ooh. So I think this guy was reasonably wealthy. Pricey wife. Yeah. And then once the sale was complete... The lady, with her new lord and master, mounted a handsome curricle, which was in waiting for them, and drove off, seemingly nothing loath to go. Wow. Um, curricle? I think it's one of those open carriages for two. Right, okay. Because in my head, I just imagine, like, a massive clamshell <laughs> being pulled by horses. No, 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 a curricle. Curricle, okay. And... A wife sold in Wenlock Market for two shillings and sixpence in 1830. Cheap wife. Really cheap wife. That's half a crown. Um, <laughs> she was determined that the husband that the transaction should go ahead. Right. Her husband at the last minute try- had misgivings about it and didn't want it to happen. Ooh. But a witness said he turned shy, this being the husband, yeah. and tried to get out of the business, but Matty made him stick to it. Uh, flipped her apron in her good man's face and said, let be, you rogue. I will be sold. I want to change. <laughs> That's fantastic. So I, I love it. I love Matty in this situation. What a woman. That's amazing. I want to change. <laughs> I'm a bit bored. I will be sold. I want a change. And also hitting this guy with her apron. Brilliant. Fantastic. Hits the guy with her apron. The other guy scans the barcode on her. <laughs> <laughs> ah, she's only two shillings and sixpence. A steal. A steal. A bargain. <laughs> Reduced to clear. Oh, God. <laughs> and there was even like a weirdly fairy tale version of this story um, because Anne Wells was married to a violent ostler, being Ooh. someone who does things with horses. Yeah. And she was put up for sale by her husband at the Pelican Inn in Newbury. Right. And. Dining at the Pelican Inn was the Duke Duke of Chandos. Chandos? Chandos. Where's Chandos? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Um, And he came out to see what all this fuss was about. And he was really struck with her beauty, uh, the violence of her husband, and the patience with which she put up with the sale. And as a result, he bought her. And then he bought her because if she'll put up with his violence, then she'll definitely put up with my violence. Oh, no, the Duke of Chandos seems to have been pretty nice, actually, about this whole situation. I mean, kinky violence. (laughs) But he bought her for half a crown, and he got her an education. Right. And also, I think he didn't feel that he actually owned her. He felt like he'd kind of more freed her, because he did get married to her, but only once her original husband had died. Oh, wow, okay. Which I think was a couple of years later. Yeah. Um, and she lived a very nice life and on her deathbed recalled this life to her loved ones and asked for pardon if she'd made any grievous errors. <laughs> Forgive me if I'm wrong, but... 
So I don't know. I think that's like, it's an interesting story. It's kind of uh, like weird Cinderella rags to riches story yeah. where you become the Duchess of Chandos <laughs> because your new husband saw you being sold in a pub, like car park, basically. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it really feels like these transactions shouldn't be taking place outside of pubs. No, but it makes so much sense that they were. Oh, it does. Absolutely. But I feel like they maybe should have adjusted the custom. So it's like just the marketplace, not the pub, because then you get the whole thing where you buy a half pint of gin. Ah, but there was a reason why it could be the pub as well. Oh, okay. Because sometimes you really want it to happen. Yeah. And it's not market day. Oh, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. So it makes sense because market days could be only once a week or once every fortnight or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I guess there's there's kind of an image of the past that there's like there's always a market happening. Yeah, but of course, that's not true. That's no. just true in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I mean, it'll be true in some big cities, but not like yeah. most of the countryside, which yeah. I think is largely where this was happening. That makes sense. Um. So this- <laughs> in, the, in the cities, you just lose your wife. She just yeah. goes away and you're just sort of like, well, she's gone. Yep. <laughs> I have no idea where she is. Hopefully she'll either find her way home or find her way to a new house. <laughs> like like a street cat. <laughs> My wife is known well throughout this street. She climbs into people's houses asking for food, <laughs> even though I've already fed her. Uh wives am i right i know right and they're always doing things like sleeping on the roofs of people's houses and (laughs) asking people for milk fighting the other wives (laughs) going out late at night i don't know where she's going i'm worried a fox will eat her (laughs) obviously there were some really deep problems with wife selling um and one of these was that it wasn't strictly legal and it could lead to some real confusion. Yeah. So here's another example from Hayden Brown. Amazing. Okay. On the 30th of April, 1823, Mr. Stebbings of Norwich was brought before the city mayor to answer charges that he had sold his wife for six pounds and ten shillings to a Mr. Turner. Right. Right. Mr. Stebbings thought he had made a good deal when he took up with his more favourable wife. (laughs) Right. Turner having made a down payment of £4 on the old Mrs. Stebbings. Wow. So, yeah, clearly he wants a new wife. Yeah. He's got rid of the old Mrs. Stebbings. He's traded her in. He has. But... (laughs) Can I get part exchange on my wife? he's made a down payment. He hasn't even paid the full thing. He still owes £2.10. shillings. (laughs) But the thing was, Mr. Turner was also already married. Right. So he took the new, like the new Mrs. Turner home and immediately turned his lawful wife out of the house. Wow. So poor ex-Mrs. Turner applied to the authorities for some poor relief. Yeah. And they were not happy with her story. Yeah. They were like, your husband should be looking after you. Yeah. So both husbands were ordered to appear before the mayor together with their rightful wives yeah to undergo investigations as to their legal marital position basically everyone's confused yeah i mean because this is the thing like you talk about this like not being legal but being a a custom and a practice but the thing is for a very long time bigamy has been illegal yeah like so as questionable as it is doing that like yeah, you are I guess, still potentially doing something that is illegal. Well, this one's interesting because I guess they're not really being bigamous in their own senses. They've got a new wife and they've divorced their old wife, kind of, sort of, not really. Um, 
or they've got rid of their old wife. I suppose, but... But the problem for, as far as the city council is concerned, is that now Mrs. Turner wants poor relief and they're not going to give it to her. Wow. Um, So, eventually, the mayor ordered each husband to take only his original and legal wife back to her rightful home and support her. Oh, that's some awkward conversations. (laughs) I feel very sorry for the new Mrs. Stebbings, because no one seems to be paying any consideration to her. Yeah, that's true. Because there are actually three women involved in this situation. Um, and And the unhappy four were subjected to a hustling from a jeering crowd which had gathered outside the town hall and had difficulty in making their way home. Also, we don't know whether Stebbings ever returned the four pounds to Mr. Turner. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's it's definitely theatrical, even when it's not, you know, yeah. intentionally theatrical. Yeah, like so, even when you're trying to break this stuff up, yeah. it's like, oh, that's fascinating. My God. I know. Um, but this is the thing, like sometimes these marriages were considered legal by the authorities and sometimes they weren't so a jury in lincolnshire in 1784 ruled that a man who had sold his wife had no right to reclaim her from her purchaser right so that suggests that as far as they're concerned it's legally binding right yeah well yeah but i mean that it doesn't beat statutes no 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 (laughs) it doesn't but they kind of decided it did yeah yeah it won't it won't hold up in today's courts. I mean it wouldn't have held up in court then. Yeah. To be honest. Like not in a proper court. Mm. And then um additionally, in some cases, um the people in charge required these kinds of wife settings. Oh, okay. So um in the case of Henry Cook in 1814, the poor law authorities forced him to sell his wife. Right. Because they didn't want to maintain her and her child in the Effingham workhouse. (laughs) I know, Effingham is so funny. (laughs) Okay, right. Um, Sorry, I got so distracted (laughs) just because of the Effingham workhouse. Um, Could you please repeat (laughs) Do you need a moment? No, I'm good, I'm good. I've composed myself. It's just that I... Literally, as soon as you said that, everything else you said just went out of my head. Okay. So, Henry Cook wanted yeah. to go to the workhouse. Right. Or, like, he needed to. Yeah. And the poor law authorities made him sell her at Croydon Market. Right. Okay. Um, she was sold for one shilling. Oof. And the parish paid for the cost of the journey and a wedding dinner. Wow. And this was her and her child got sold. Oh, my God. Wow, yeah, that that's real, like, objectification there. That's, that's really, like, you know, having to sell off your assets before yeah. you can file for bankruptcy or something. I don't think Henry Cook is the only person who was forced to do this, no. and that's deeply disturbing to yeah. me. Assets. One house, one cow, one wife. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, eh, we don't want to support her. Yeah. A lot of what the authorities do seems to just not be... Like, be down to not wanting to support women. Yeah, basically. Um, In another instance, in 1819, there was a magistrate who attempted to prevent a sale at Ashbourne in Derby. Okay. But he was pelted and driven away by the crowd. And he later said, Although the real object of my sending the constables was to prevent the scandalous sale, (laughs) the apparent motive was that of keeping the peace. 
As to the selling act of selling itself, I do not think I have a right to prevent it or even oppose any obstacle to it because it rests upon a custom preserved by the people of which perhaps it would be dangerous to deprive them by any law for that purpose. That makes sense. It makes sense, but it's interesting because he seems to see it as like kind of an ancient custom. Yeah. And really it only started in the mid 1600s. Yeah, I guess that's that's long enough for people to get real shirty about if you try and stop them from doing it. I guess, I suppose. Um, at the same time, there were some specific adv- examples of wife selling being frowned upon. Mm. So, in a rare case outside of England, yeah. a sale in 1756 in Dublin was interrupted by a group of women right. who rescued the wife. Ah. And then following that, they gave the husband a mock trial... Wow. And placed him in the stocks until early the next morning. <laughs> it was like, they gave him a mock trial, they put a noose around his neck, and then accidentally really hanged him. Oh, no. <laughs> they put a noose around his neck and sold him to a wife. <laughs> <laughs> so the elite, and especially elite women, obviously saw it as degrading yeah. and demeaning to women. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. And it was also seen as a national disgrace because it never happened regularly anywhere outside of England. Oh, wow. Not even in Scotland or Wales. <laughs> and you'd expect it of those savage places. I mean, because they're close. <laughs> yeah, I get you. Um, it just sounded... It just sounded very much like a sort of like, it happened in England. Surely it happens in those backwater <laughs> places. I mean, apparently they tried it in something like 1799 in Carmarthenshire. <laughs> right. And it was met with coldness. <laughs> It was just like, what the f*** are you doing? Exactly. But like, <laughs> add on a boyo and that'll be <laughs> So there was an author called Robert Chambers who wrote a book of basically trivia called The Book of Days. Okay. In 1864. And he wrote about a case of wife selling in 1832. Right. And he noted that the occasional instances of wife sale, while remarked by ourselves with little beyond a passing smile have made a deep impression on our continental neighbours who constantly cite it as an evidence of our low civilization. Wow. And the French did actually create several cartoons where they showed John Bull on his way to a wife selling yeah. because they were like, the English are awful yeah. and this is how we know. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Which is perfectly fair. Yeah, absolutely. God, could you imagine if something like that were still a thing and how there would be certain right-wing groups who would be <laughs> proudly defending the tradition of selling our wives and how dare we be so woke and say that we can't meanwhile the rest of the europe is just like what are you doing i mean yes, yes. i think so absolutely <laughs> <laughs> um after the 1850s the practice just seems to have kind of died down yeah um i found people trying to say that it was because of people generally disapproving of it right but all the examples of disapproving of it happened in the 1700s so i'm not sure why they thought it peaked in the 1830s then and people just got bored of it well (laughs) there was new theater (laughs) to go and watch i mean they did introduce this new divorce law yeah which i think helped a lot (laughs) um although it did still occasionally happen so like i've said Thomas Hardy used it in the Mayor of Casterbridge, which yeah. was in, I think, the 1880s. Right. And the last occasion of it was reported in 1913. No. Yeah. A woman who was giving evidence in a Leeds police court during a maintenance case claimed that her husband had sold her to one of his workmates for a pound. Wow. 
which is equivalent to about £100 today. That's ridiculous. I know. Leeds, sort yourself out. So I just... <laughs> I just want your assurance that you're not going to try and sell me after we get married. Well, I would like to give you that assurance, but we do live in Norwich Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of pubs. It might well be that there's I a get, marketplace. Even there's a marketplace. Uh, yeah, and it's it's, uh, it, it's won awards. That marketplace. <laughs> it's open every day except Sundays. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I can't deny there's the possibility that we go from pub to pub and have a few drinks, and you know, maybe someone there will put in a good price for you. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so listeners, pray for me. <laughs> pray for me. I promise I won't sell you. Thank you. Fingers crossed, though. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to That Time When. You can follow us on Twitter at That Time When 4 and suggest episodes to us at ttwpod at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, the best thing you can do is give us a shout out on your social media app of choice. And thank you, as always, to Kevin McLeod for our theme song, Anachronist, as well as any other music that Barnaby has used in this podcast. And thank you for listening. Now go out, invest in eels, and remember, all transactions are final. Bye! Bye.